Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey everyone, a real big shout out to everybody who's on this broadcast today. I'm absolutely delighted that you've tuned in and there's many more people that are getting connected with this online church service. As always, a big shout out to all our locations. For those who don't know, we are one church in multiple locations. And I want to give a huge shout out. Come on, guys, let's get at it. Come on to Belper. Come on, get typing on the screen, Belper. Big shout out to Mansfield, my hometown. Love that place. Come on, a big shout out to Nottingham. You're the biggest city that we're in. Come on, let's go for it. Toulouse, come on. We want to hear from the other side of the channel. Wonderful. And the hub. I'm delighted that we've been able to plant a church in the hub there to serve very broken people. And also, Ilkeston. Come on, let's hear Ilkeston. A big shout out. And also to our online uh, church. You're tuning in. You're here because you're inquiring. You want to find out more about church and what faith is all about. And we're delighted to be able to welcome you. Just going back to Ilkeston, I just want to say that thanks to Ilkeston, really, this is where it all began. And uh, as a result of Ilkeston's generosity in that core team, we've been able to plant and serve and sow over these last 20 years. And, you know, the 2020 giving offering that I announced uh, a numbers of weeks ago, please continue to sow into that. This will enable us as we get out of lockdown to continue the mission and the work to go and grow and love and serve our world. I also want to say uh, that we're praying for everyone out there. Uh, we, uh, we're very mindful of the needs that uh, surround people. We're, we're mindful that people have been affected themselves by COVID-19 and also that people have lost loved ones. And we want to assure you of our prayers. Can I encourage you that this is a time on Sunday or if you're watching it via YouTube, because we do, you are able to watch it afterwards on YouTube, which is great. Um, we want to encourage you to get the word out. You know, continue to just, uh, our campus pastor uh, at Mansfield, Josh, was talking about, you know, inviting three. Why don't we do that next time? Invite three, connect with three, tell people that we're on because we want to be like a breath of fresh air. I've, I've started these broadcasts with a funny story. I think they're funny. You might not, but I think they do. And I've, I found a, a great story today. Mr. Green, he was peering over his fence and he noticed that his neighbour's little boy was in his back garden filling a hole. And he was curious about what the youngster was up to. So Mr. Green asked him, Tommy, what are you doing? Tearfully, little Tommy looked up and replied, my goldfish has died and I've just buried him. Mr. Green said, that's a really big hole for a goldfish. Patting down the last bit of earth, Tommy replied, that's because he's in your cat. I don't know about you, but I find that funny. For all you cat lovers out there, I want to re say, rest in peace, little catty. Rest in peace. It's interesting, that story, because we wanna, I want to talk today about loving mercy. This is the second week of a series that we've entitled The L Plates. What are we learning? What are we learning in this lockdown? Are you still moaning and groaning? Are you still grumbling? You can't get out? Or are you full of thankfulness? Are you leading into this process, this season? 
Are you trying to figure some things out? Are you learning something more about yourself? Are you determined to come out of this better and stronger? You know, it's interesting that many people take off the L plates. I've got an L plate here. This is what we're talking about, putting on the L plates. What are we learning? Now, as I said in week one, if anybody's ever taken a child out, a teenager out and uh, taught them to drive, just one word, wow. It is is a frightful experience. I want to tell you, there's been many occasions where drain pipes have been cracked as uh, our daughter drove onto the driveway too quickly and she's listening today and she says, no, I didn't, Dad, but yes, she (laughs) did. But these L plates show us that we're learning, that we're growing, that we're practising. And the verse that I've hung the three weeks on so this week and the following week is, is based around Micah in chapter 6 and verse 8. So I wonder if you'd just take your Bible in your hand. And as I said, if you haven't got a Bible, there's going to be a message on, on your chat now that basically says you can get it via version. Or if you want to just contact us, uh, one of the hosts now, or if you want to write to our offices and we will make sure that we send you your own personal Bible. But in Micah and chapter 6, which is in the Old Testament, a minor prophet, he, write, he says this, Know, O people, the Lord has told you what is God, and this is what He requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I want to repeat that, if I may. This is what God says. I've told you what is good, and this is what I require of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Last week we talked about doing what is right. And I'd encourage you if you weren't on the broadcast to perhaps play catch up on YouTube. You can find it there under Arena Church. Because today what I want to do is week two. And I want to talk about loving mercy. Now, when I was thinking about mercy, I can't help it, guys. You're long overdue a bit of a break out of a song. I hope I hit the right, the right note. But I was thinking about Duffy. The song, Duffy, you got me begging me for mercy. Oh, why don't you release me? Do you like the moves as well? I just had to do it. Sorry, guys. When I was thinking about mercy, I automatically thought about that song. But here's the point about mercy. You know, often many of us say, well, I'm, yeah, I'm merciful. But all we do is we just do mercy. We do random acts of mercy. But here, Micah is commanding us to do something different. He's commanding us to love mercy, to love mercy. What he's in essence saying is, let mercy be at your core. It actually becomes the essence of who you are. I wonder if people were, we asked them today, how would people to describe you, I wonder what words they would use. Would they use merciful Would they use, oh yeah, that person's definitely forgiving. Yeah, they're full of mercy. I wonder. As I've been preparing this, I've been, this verse, I've been thinking about many stories that Jesus told in the Gospels. I want to encourage you, if you're trying to inquire a little bit more about faith, or you're new to faith, or you're a Christian, why don't you take the opportunity to read the Gospels account of Jesus in his life? Jesus was full of mercy, It was who he was. It was at his core. And he tells a very sobering story when he was teaching his disciples about forgiveness, about mercy, about extending forgiveness and mercy. And in particular, in relation to 
who we should show mercy to and how many times, how many times. And they were trying to find a loophole. They were basically saying, well, if we do it once, is that okay? And Jesus was saying, no, that isn't how it works, guys. So I want to take you to, to a story in Matthew chapter 18, and verses 21 to 35. We're not going to read it all. I'm just going to pick up the last few verses because I want to tell you the story. And this is what Jesus says. He basically says, there was a, a man who was very, very powerful and very rich. And uh, he decided that he was going to pour, call his debts in. So he called a man who owed him millions of pounds. And he said to this man, you owe me millions of pounds, give me the money. And this money said, I don't have, this man says, I don't have the money to give it to you. I'm really sorry. And he says, well, unfortunately, I'm going to have to throw you and your wife and your children into prison and sell you. And I'm going to have to sell all your possessions to get the debt back. And this man who owed millions of pounds to this rich man, rich man threw himself on the mercy of this ruler and said, please, please, please. And this rich man, saw mercy and extended mercy to this servant. This man got up from his, from his feet after hearing the debt has been cancelled. He was relieved, he was emotional, he was tearful. Wow. But I don't think he was overly grateful because as he walked out of that uh, king's chamber, that rich man's room, <laughs> he then runs into his own servant who owes him just a few pounds. He grabs him by the throat and says to him, give me my money back. And this man says, I don't have the money to give, it, to, give to you. He says, right, well, I'm gonna have to throw you into prison with your wife, with your children. And he threw him into prison. But unbeknown to him, some of the rich uh, person's servants were watching. They were incensed and they went back and told this rich man of what they had just seen. Now let's pick the story up from verse 32. This rich man called in this master who he had forgiven his debt to and said to him, you evil servant, you begged me to forgive your debt and I said you did not have to pay anything. I cancelled the debt. Verse 33 so you should have given that other man who serves you with the same mercy I gave you. And the master was very angry. So he put the servant in jail to be punished. And he had to stay in jail until he could pay everything he owed. And this king did the same as my heavenly father will do to you. You must forgive your brother or sister with all your heart or oh, my heavenly father will not forgive you or will not show mercy to you. I hope you got the story. But the reality is this story, story, no matter how shocking it is, it's shocking because we in many ways are like this man. We all want mercy when we have done wrong. Yes, look at me today. We all want mercy when we have done wrong. But we want others to be judged, even smited, if they have wronged us. And that makes us like this unmerciful servant. We can become vengeful. We seek revenge. I don't know whether anybody's ever done that. Somebody's hurt somebody that we loved. Somebody's hurt us and we seek revenge. I, I, as I was writing this, I was thinking of many, many times when I've waited in the wings over years 
to say something, to get something back at somebody. It makes me just like this unmerciful servant. We want to hurt others that have hurt us. And we plot and we look for ways to pounce. We say it's okay because an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I want to again encourage you to read the gospel account because Jesus said that is not the way to live. It's no longer an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. If somebody hits you on the left cheek, you give them your right cheek. There is a different way. And let me give you this different way. Right, wrapped, wrapped, wrapped up top in one word. Mercy. Why? Why mercy? Because God's heart is always to restore people. If you're listening for the very first time to this broadcast, I want to tell you that God's heart is always to restore you. And we need to show mercy because as much mercy you show people, that's the mercy you're going to receive. Do you get that? The mercy that you show others will then be poured back to you. And Micah commands us to love mercy. Now, there's an American author, pastor and theologian by the name of John Piper, and he wrote this about the mercy of God. Just stay with me for a moment. The mercy of God is one of the most precious realities in the world. It's also one of the most revealing themes in all of the Bible. And also one of the most tragically misunderstood truths about God. For many years, guys, I did not understand the mercies of God. He says, if you want to know who God really is, if you want to peek into his heart, it is not the display of his just wrath and cosmic power to which you should look. Rather set your eye on his mercy without minimising the fullness of his might and take in the life-changing panorama. Many of us today are prone by nature and nurture to see God's mercy as peripheral or incidental to who he is. Let me say, mercy, wrapping up that statement that we've just heard there, mercy is who God is. If you're taking notes, you might want to tap your neighbour. You may want to write it on the screen. Mercy is who God is. And because... You can love mercy. We need to understand three things. I want to take us through them step by step. First of all, I think we need to understand the mercies of God. Understand the mercies of God, point one. Let me define it for you. We deserve punishment. We deserve to be sentenced. We deserve to be judged. But God through his death, on the cross through his son who died that cruel death on the cross. He carried the sin and the weight and the shame and carried our judgment and took it upon his shoulders. And instead of us deserving it, he now has taken it for us. We deserve to be thrown out of God's presence, never to be remembered. Now God's mercy not only shows us his sovereignty, but also his goodness. Let me tell you, God is sovereign, but he's also good. It also shows his greatness and his gentleness and his towering might, but also his surprising tenderness. I need to say that again, because that's worthy of, of saying again. God's mercy not only shows us his sovereignty, but also his goodness, his greatness and his gentleness. His towering might, but also his surprising tenderness. And we are encouraged to throw ourselves on the mercy of God. 
But that statement is quite interesting because sadly, so many in their arrogance or ignorance say this, well, I've done nothing wrong. And just stay with me, if you will, for a moment, because I honestly believe in my journey of communicating, of being a communicator, of being a pastor, of reaching normal people. You can tell I'm just a normal bloke with many imperfections, even on this recording, a few stammers and whatever. Um, that's cool. This is who I am. But I've realised in my journey of just being a normal bloke, there are people who put themselves into two categories. There are people who say, oh, those people are bad, or those people are good. You're on the broadcast today. Where would you categorise yourself? Bad or good? Now, interestingly, when I've talked to people who categorise themselves as bad, they're usually people like this. And you're here on the, on the, on the broadcast, and I love that, because Arena Church is all about you. <laughs> it really is. And you're here today, and you're an addict. You're an alcoholic. You're a criminal. You're a thief. You're an abuser. And you know you're bad. I don't need to tell you you're a sinner. These people know they're bad. And I love the fact that you're here. And I can't wait again to just interact with you and have a cup of tea with you. But there's another group. And they're classified as God. And by the way, this is where I would have put myself in years ago. Because I wasn't any of those things. I wasn't an addict. I wasn't an adulterer. I wasn't a criminal. I'd never had trouble with the police. I'd come from a good background. So I'm good. And for a moment, I want to talk to you guys. You who say you're good. Stay with me. You'll learn something in this moment. So let me, let me qualify that. Those who are good, they say, well, they're the educated. They're the professional. They're the self-starter. The ambitious, the go-getter. They're the mum and dad with 2.4 kids who've been married for, forever. You may be retired, you're hardworking, you own, you own your own home, you're a business owner, you're law-abiding, you're in a loving home, you've created a loving home with kids and grandkids, maybe great-grandkids, you've got material possessions and wealth. You may even call yourself a Christian because you go to church. You're the good. But understand this, as in my, in my dealings with people, it's much harder for the good to understand and grasp this truth of mercy because the good often don't see their need of God and his forgiveness. So let me illustrate something for you. Let me, let me help me with this just as, you, as you're there interacting in your room. I want you to picture a bingo sheet. Anybody ever played bingo? Bingo! <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I've, I've drawn it on the back here, right? There's just there's, there's nine boxes, you might even want to quickly go and do it. Just draw a bingo sheet. Go ahead and join in because I want to play a game to illustrate this point. And what I'm going to do, every time I read a wrong that you have ever done, I want you to mark it with an X in the, in the box. And the first time you cross out all the nine boxes, I want you to shout out bingo in your home. Okay, have you got it? Great. Let's, let's start, shall we? Let's play this game. And I'm going to read a list of things that we may have done wrong. So, first of all, if you've ever lied, half lies, grey lies, white lies, half truths, they're all the same. Put an X in the box. If you've ever stole, including you filed your tax return wrongly to gain an advantage, 
You took stationery from your employer. You shoplift when you were as a kid. Mark an X. If you've ever cheated, if you've ever got angry, if you've not honoured your parents at all times, not just, you know, taking care of them when you want to, but Mark an X. If you've ever been greedy with anything, Mark an X. If you've ever been selfish, come on. If you've ever been selfish, there's another X. If you've ever seen someone in need and looked away, you had the means to help them, but you didn't do it. If you've ever been physically abusive, if you've ever held bitterness and unforgiveness, if you've ever hurt someone knowingly and willfully, if you've ever used obscene language, if you've ever operated and done lewd behaviour. Bingo! Bingo. Bingo. Because the reality is, every one of us, our cards would be marked. We've missed the mark. And by the way, I didn't even start on the big things, adultery, murder, fornication, assault, prisoners. No, 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 I didn't even need to go there. What I'm trying to help everybody understand, everybody has done wrong. In fact, Romans 3 verse 10 through to 12 says this, there is no one who does right, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They've all together become worthless. And there is no one who does God, not even one. Notice the language, no one, all, not one. And Romans 3 verse 23 in the Good News translation says this, everyone has sinned. Listen to me, sir. Listen to me, madam. Listen to me, young person. Listen to me, those little kiddies there. Everyone has sinned and is far away from God's saving presence. Doesn't matter how good we think we are. We have all missed the mark. Which means, this is great news, we're all candidates for mercy. And Lamentations 3 verse 22 to 23 says, His loving mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. There was one pastor who recently confessed to me that before they became a Christian, there was not one of the Ten Commandments that they did not break and commit. Wow. (laughs) Now this person, who I know very well, is a Christ follower. And the mercy that they have now received, wow, they extend it to others in abundance. The Bible says those who have been forgiven much, love much. And we're all candidates for mercy. Billy Graham, that great American TV evangelist, said this, God's mercy and grace give me hope. They do me too, for myself and for our world. Before, without his mercy, there is no hope. But because of his mercy, there is hope for ourselves and for the world. And before I move on to my second point, this is so good and I want you to lean in, please. Please just lean in. Because there are some people who are tempted to switch off now, to click off. Please don't, please stay with me. Because I want to tell you this, you can turn, you can run, you can hide, you can reject, you can despise and you can ridicule. But Psalm 23 verse 6 says this, Surely goodness and mercy will pursue me all the days of my life. I want to give you a quote that's mine. This goodness and mercy of God will pursue you even as you take your last breath. It's my firm conviction that God pursues us to the very end because His mercies are new every day 
And he loves mankind so much that even as people lay on their deathbeds, as they cry out to God, God is merciful and kind and good. And he forgives. We need to understand the mercies of God. But secondly, we need to live in the mercy of God. Number two, live in the mercy of God. Tap the neighbour, tap the screen. Live in the mercy of God. We've got to experience it. It's not something to just know in our heads. It's something that we know in our hearts. The mercy of God. And you know somebody who has it. And you know with how they live their life, the mercy of God, they're living in it. It's enveloping them. They're absorbed in it. They're immersed in it. I was talking to a new Christian only this week. And I said to him, listen, you need to live in the freedom and the love of God's forgiveness to your life. You know, we're forever beating ourselves up. Let me tell you, God's love, mercy, grace and forgiveness is absolute, total and irreversible. You are a child of God as you have called out to God and you have asked Jesus to come into your life and to change your life. You won't automatically become perfect or right all of a sudden. But I want to tell you in that moment, you are a child of God. You're no longer a slave to sin. As a young Christian, I used to beat myself up all the time with this. I kept thinking, oh, I've done this wrong. I looked at this image. I've lost my salvation. Jesus doesn't love me anymore. I did this wrong. I was back chatting this person. You know, God doesn't. No, it doesn't work like that, guys. (laughs) it, It really doesn't. You know, we beat ourselves up. And these beating up often comes through the enemy, Satan, because he whispers and he accuses and he casts doubt in our minds and in our hearts. We need to live in the mercy of God. If you've recently tapped the screen and said, yes, I want to follow Jesus, you need to go into your next steps, which I'll come on to, but you need to have a confidence that you are loved and forgiven and you've received the mercy of God. I want to say this, not flippantly, but the next time Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Matthew 25 verse 41, then he, the Lord, this is Jesus, will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. I love the story when I think about the mercy of God, of the story of the prodigal son. Very quickly, this son had took his inheritance early. He broke his father's heart and squandered it in wild living, in wild ways, and he lost everything. And the son returned to his father and thought, if only my son would just make me a slave, I'd live better. And the father ran to meet him. (laughs) And there's three things that happened. His identity was reinstated. He says, you're not a slave, you're my son. (laughs) Secondly, the ownership was reestablished. He took a ring, the family ring, and put it on his finger. (laughs) And thirdly, his privileges were restored. They said, go and get the cloak, put the the cloak on him. Go and kill the fatted calf. My son was lost and now he's been found. This is living in the mercy of God. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, he will remember our sins no more. We need to allow his mercies to envelop us. Now Micah was on about loving mercy. He was saying to us, don't just show mercy, but love to show it. I'll say that again. Don't just show mercy, but love to show it. 
And we need to give others the same measure of mercy you want to receive from God. But thirdly and lastly, this is where I want to take us. We need to show the mercies of God. We need to live in the mercies of God. We need to understand the loving mercies of God. But we really do need to show the mercies of God. And it's into this that Mike is speaking. Because again, there was so much injustice in the world. And by the way, we have a world, even in England, where there's so much injustice. There's so many people who don't have and have no way of getting along. We look at the world and we look at the conditions that people live in and the challenges that face their life, not just COVID-19, but just everyday life. And this is what we call to show mercy into. Mercy is the stuff you give to people that they don't deserve, but you still give it anyway. I want to tell you that we should show the mercies of God in how we treat others. Remember the story of the merciful and unmerciful servant. And like I've said, we were all that man. So how do we treat others? How do we treat our spouse, that husband, that wife? How are we treating our elderly parents? How are we treating that willful child, that spiteful neighbour? Do we, do we hold things in our hearts? Do we, do we hold unforgiveness and bitterness? Do we think, I'll get them back? Or do we live with kindness and goodness and mercy? And do we seek to live it out in our day-to-day relationships? Because this is the challenge in this lockdown. We've got to learn to get along with one another in our homes. I love the fact that we're able to show mercy from Arena Church in a very practical way. You know, Food Bank was set up over 10 years ago now, Arena Community Food Bank. It was the first thing we set up. And its, and it's very foundation was to practically serve people. Many people at the start were started saying to me and Lisa Harrison, our community pastor, well, why are you serving these people? They're undeserving, they're wretched. They spend all the money on sky and fags and booze and they're just, why should we bother bothering them? And my answer was always because we can and we must. And I want to always show mercy. And I'm glad that Arena Church has always, always endeavoured to show mercy to people. Our motivation was to show mercy to the undeserving even though we knew many of them possibly would be ungrateful. We're not, we haven't got a wall of, of cards where people come back and say thank you. There are many people who take what we have and they may say thank you at the time, but they take it and then they forget about us. You know, we're not really bothered about that, if I'm honest. We just want to show mercy. We want to show, we want to show the love of God to our community. And by the way, some other people have said to me, uh, normally Christian, oh, this is a great outreach, great evangelistic outreach. And if you're listening today and you've ever used food bank, let me tell you, we're not giving you a food parcel because we want to save you. We want to give you a food parcel because you're hungry. That is why we do it. That is why we serve you. Now, of course, we want to make sure that your, your soul is right with God. This is why we do these broadcasts. This is why we run services. But our practical serving is to show mercy to our world. And I'm so glad. And by the way, keep, please keep praying for our team. They are doing a remarkable job. We believe the needs are going to get greater, not less. We're going to need more resource. We're going to need more volunteers. We have a thousand club. We're going to be more about that. But we're encouraging a thousand people to just give three pounds a month. 
If you'd give three pounds a month and we had a thousand people, we basically, uh, and halfway there to underwriting our community costs. And then we're encouraging those, you may be on the broadcast today, you're a business person. I'm challenging some business people, would they consider giving a hundred pounds a month? It's a lot of money, but a hundred pounds a month. If we, had a, if we had 20 business people at 100 pounds and 1,000 people at three pounds, we would underwrite the whole cost of our community operation. Wow. And we'd be serving children and, and singles and broken and the marginalised because this is how we show mercy. And lastly, not in how just we treat others, but in how we live our life. Romans 12 verse one says this, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvellous mercies? He says, I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices and to live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. Another version from this says this, that we should take our everyday, ordinary, sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. We've been extended God's marvellous mercies and we should surrender our everyday ordinary life to him, to please him. It's not just how we show it to others, but it's how we live our life. I want to encourage each and every one of you today as we draw this broadcast to a close for you to understand the mercies of God. Please understand his mercy is towards you. Secondly, I want to encourage you to live in this mercy of God. And lastly, to go and show this mercy of God in how you treat others and how you live your life. The message of Micah 6 verse 8 is still pertinent today. We're commanded to love mercy. I pray that this will be at our core. And may, may we remember this now and also as we come out of this lockdown. I want to take a moment now to really throw out the net of mercy. God's merciful. He was merciful to an 11-year-old young man that I was. And I'm so grateful that over my life from then till now, he's been so merciful to me. When I've got it wrong, when I've sinned, when I've messed up, his mercies are new every day. And his mercies are towards you, sir. They're towards you, madam. Now, I've got a real sense that some people will be hesitating in this moment. Please don't hesitate. Just reach out to receive the mercy of God. You may be one of those who said, I thought I was always good. I'm not there to condemn you. I'm just trying to make a point. There's none of us that are good. We all need the mercy of God. So why don't you pray this prayer and reach out to God? Why don't you, why don't you commit this prayer now to God by saying, dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your forgiveness. Please forgive me now. I ask that you would take away all my sin and you would give me a brand new start. I want to tell you today that if you've prayed that prayer, the Bible's very clear. If you've done it sincerely, then God says that you are a new cre creation. You've been born again. Your life has been changed this is the start of, of your new life in Jesus. 
And I want to encourage you to tap on the screen now and to press that button that says, yes, I raised my hand. I gave my life to Jesus. But also, secondly, you'll be then encouraged and invited. Please don't, don't, don't think there's any, any trickery here. We're not trying to trick you. We're not trying to catch you out. But give us your contact details. There's, there's the next steps. We want to help you on the journey. Don't delay. Don't hold back. Give your life to Jesus and begin this new journey. The other thing that I just felt strongly just in this attitude of prayer, just for a moment quickly, is I just felt when I was writing this, that God's mercy is towards you if you are physically sick. I am going to pray for healing, but there are times when God doesn't heal people, but he develops something in us in those, in those times of sickness. And I'm just going to pray for his mercy towards you. I am going to believe as well in Jesus' name that if you're sick through addiction, if your well-being is not good, if you've got lots of hang-ups and anxiety and fears, I'm praying today in Jesus' name for you to be healed. Just join with me in this moment. This is a sacred moment. If you're physically uh, sick now, you might just want to place your, your hand on where, on where you're sick. It may be on your heart. Just place your hand on your heart. It may be on your head. Just do it now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray through this camera that you would touch people, that your mercy is extended to us all and includes sickness. And I pray, Lord, that you would touch people now under the sound of my voice, that healing power would flow from heaven and you would heal people and you would set people free, that people would know that they've been wonderfully touched by God. Oh God, do it, I pray. And Lord, those who are anxious, those who have addictions, those who have hang-ups, those who are depressed, Lord, that your mercies would be extended towards them, that you would break chains and you would release people. In Jesus' name, we ask it. I want to just finish by saying, as always, we're praying for you, we love you, and we believe in you. God bless you.